Uh, well, here we are again, and this is our first sequel. Yes. <laughs> so, fourth episode, but our first sequel. So, we know, we know the glory of having a books in a series. Yes. And now we're developing podcasts yes. in a series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people have been just holding their breath for the, the next episode. Constant emails. When is it coming? When is it coming? <laughs> we want to know more about Book Awards. But it was, I thought it was fascinating, uh, your insight into how books come to be on Book Award lists. Oh, when you talked about yes, publishers, publishers. yes, I think it is interesting. You assume that it's sort of yes, and why certain books yeah. arrive mm. on board mm. lists. I thought that was, and it's it's kind of made sense, really, in in terms of why is that book on that list now, and why isn't yes. that one? On yes, it? exactly. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting, but I. I'm going to present to you a book you have not read. No, no, I've not read it. Dear listener out there, <laughs> this is a, a highly unusual thing that I have, I have actually oh, read. No. I haven't even read the whole book, but read a book that Di hasn't because that is no. a, that is a challenge uh, because Di is such an avid reader. But the book I've got in front of me, it's not a children's book. Um, and it's not even a school book. It's a book that you would read for pleasure and just for yourself. It's by Lucy Mangan, and it's called Bookworm, A Memoir of Childhood Reading. And I've just made a start on it. It's very good, very witty, very funny, um, talking about uh, her experience of books her influence of her father uh it's it and it's got a real sort of flavor of the the time the era that she grew up in but the bit that i was really wanting to um kind of talk to you about was last week we talked about last time we talked about kate greenaway the kate greenaway award and that name i've known that name for mm. for ages mm. Uh, because it's the Kate Greenaway and the Cole de Cop. Do they go together? No, no I think it's the um, the equivalent of the Greenaway is the Newbery right. Award okay. and the Carn- Carnegie yes. in this country for fiction for 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 writing. The American equivalent of that is the Caldecott and the Col- I think and I think. the Caldecott is the one with the nice shiny gold yes you see it on metal yes. that you see on yes. front covers yes. we've used a few books haven't we yes. in the past that have got those yes um, that's Jim the, the Potter oh yes um no Title's gone. <laughs> See you Anyway, never mind. That doesn't matter. Dave the Potter. Dave the Potter. Not Fred the Potter. Not Jim the Potter. It just sounds so unlikely. Dave the Dave Potter. Dave the Potter. But yes. in my head, I can see yes. that cover and it's yes. got that it's medal on it. Yes. Well, um, Lucy Mangan goes into the history of um, illustrated books for children, which is fascinating. Uh, telling us how the Caldecott medal came to be but she also um, talks about Kate Greenaway and it was 
quite interesting um, how Kate Greenaway came sort of to become this such a, a well-known um, illustrator and uh, I'm just trying to find the bit that um, is relevant to here um, she I'll read this little bit out in the late 1870s so that was one thing I hadn't realized this was so long ago Kate Greenaway persuaded her father to show Evans and Evans was um, um, an illustrator, a printer, um, using woodcuts. Evans, her manuscript for a book of verse called Under the Window. I was one, at once fascinated by the originality of the drawings and the idea of the verse, so I at once purchased them, said Evans, and in 1879 persuaded Routledge to publish the book and engrave the necessary blocks himself. He then had 20,000 copies printed an absurd number for an untried author illustrator's first book, and he was roundly ridiculed for it. But what do you know? They sold out before he had t time to reprint, but reprint he did, and on and on they sold. 100,000 altogether, kicking off the Greenaway Vogue as more and more children, and crucially their parents, fell in love with her pastoral portraits of an idyllic, timeless, English countryside populated by endlessly innocent children clothed in her own cod, if you were feeling mean, and if you are, I suggest you go away and look at some more Kate Greenaway pictures until the feeling in your savage breath subsides, versions of late 18th century and Regency fashions. And certainly as a little Google, and once you, once you see a Kate mm. Greenaway, you realise you've seen... Mm. Loads of Kate yeah, Greenaway. Yeah, so they're sort of really old-fashioned type of yes. country cottagey, you know, bonnets, and, bonnets and, and bows, bonnets and bows, and floaty dresses, yes. and children dancing around maples, and yes, all, all of yes, that sort yes. of stuff. But um, <laughs> Lucy Mangum then goes on to say that Kate Greenaway's skills were not altogether <laughs> thought of as terribly good. Um, and uh, as Beatrix Potter put it, so we've got to listen to what Beatrix Potter says, she can't draw. <laughs> Don't hold back there, Beatrix. Just say what yes. you think. And another uh, comment was, her figures, it notes, tend to have no bodies under their clothes. <laughs> now, I relate to that, that kind of drawing. I think <laughs> often when I try to draw a figure, it doesn't look like there's a body under the clothes. Um, but... Nevertheless, in spite of that, uh, we've now got this very prestigious Kate Greenaway Medal for Illustration, uh, based more on how popular she was at the time yes, than yes, actually yeah. her yeah. her skill. So I thought that was that was really interesting about the history of it. I hadn't realised it went back that so is, far. That is really and a woman interesting as well. Yes, yes, and. You tend to, I tended to have in my head that Beatrix Potter was the first to yes. really get into you that kind of go, of Oh, it should be the Beatrix Potter. Yes, yes, yes. But I think it's also interesting. Does it, does it say when the Greenaway Award was first started? Does uh, it say that? I, I have no idea when it here. is. But it's interesting that, um, you know, that a book with illustrations is seen as you know, 
the illustrations are so significant yes. that it should have a separate award. And it is, it is, you know, when you actually look at the illustrations as well, it's quite, it's quite significant. And um, I've just sort of been talking about a book that I've just read called The Enchanted Hour. Yeah. And I can't remember the type. I do apologise to the author because I cannot remember her name. It's Megan something, but I can't remember. But it's a sort. It's she's American, although she does mention a lot of children's books, English children's books, which British children's books, which surprised me. Um, but she talks about sharing a picture book with yeah. a child and the significance of the illustrations that it's actually this talking about the book that's the really engaging thing and and you know the significance of of illustrations really and um and she talks about here we go dialogic reading oh yes talk to us more about what that well do you remember (laughs) in the great and glorious past yes we had Robin Alexander yes um, from that's right from Cambridge and he came to Derby and he talked to people teachers about dialogic teaching and this idea of encouraging children to converse to actually talk and not move on to the next child so quickly that's right but in this enchanted hour, which is about reading aloud, uh, Megan, I do apologise for just calling her by her first name. Your friends. Um, of course, right. of course. She talks about this dialogic reading where a parent or a carer or an adult looks at a book, pic- a picture book, and enters into a conversation and about the book. And her sort of point is that sometimes we underestimate, for example, vocabulary development Mm. in poetry books. And her point is that actually the illustrations and the text blend together so well and support just the child hearing a lot more vocabulary than they used to. That's, I think that's really interesting because... um, when you think about how schools are trying to help parents help their children at home with reading mm, well in key yeah. stage one we've got the issue of it's let's just focus on the skill the the phonics decoding yeah, yeah, side of it yeah. so we can help our parents with that and give them a bit of phonics input and tell them about phonemes and all mm, of that mm. But I don't sense there's an awful lot of help in what you've just described. I th- yes. And then when yes. you get up into key stage two, yes, where sometimes it can be misconstrued, well, they can read now, they don't need any more help from parents, they don't need any more interaction. That's one of the hurdles mm. to get over. Mm. But then <laughs> what sometimes happens with schools is they give parents a list of comprehension questions these are some questions you could ask your child when they read and actually again that's not what you're 
describing there. I don't think it is. And that no. is a little no. Is that a little bit worrying? Maybe we're. I don't. I skewing yes, what reading is. I think it's a really this parent, you know, or the carer, somebody at home. Yes, it's. It is very often as well, brothers and sisters, yeah, isn't it? Older siblings. And I wonder if an element of a reading at home that is tricky is just the same as for for children as well. Is that um, we've talked about before um, the, the the survey of uh, children attitudes to reading, where children say they would read more if, if they, they knew, knew what, what to read. read. Yep. And I think the same applies. Uh, well, I wonder if the same applies to the home situation that people at home would read more with their child if they knew what to read. Yeah. And it's actually providing quality materials, quality books for them to read yeah. with their children yeah. that actually support that discussion about a book. It's got to be, it's not got to be Biff and Chip. <laughs> Dear Biff and Chip. <laughs> Who are about 70 years old by now, aren't they? They should be retiring. <laughs> they should be get, collecting their pensions. Yeah. So the focus there is on, can you say the words? The skill. The skill. Yeah. 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 And not about how, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're seeing, how it relates to things that you know about. But um, we... You know, memories. Isn't it true, though, that, okay, that might not be happening at home, but we're not sure if it's happening in school either, are we? Well, we are a bit worried about <laughs> that, aren't we, Fiona? We are a bit concerned. Things that are keeping us awake at night. <laughs> That's a slight exaggeration, but yes, just how much how much talk, talk quality talk yes. around yes. text yes. rather than now we know because you and I have done the the CPD on the skills of reading. Yeah, we call it the Super Six. Don't we do, we? we do. They've now been, but there's Super Seven out there, trumped. And, <laughs> and there's <laughs> Vipers, and there's all, and they're all the same thing, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. But that, again, is not what we're talking about here. I don't suppose it is. And no. I suppose the dialogic talk about reading is sits maybe under the reading for pleasure mm. umbrella, would yes, you say? I think so, yeah. But, it, again, on the, the Theresa Kremen website, the Reading for Pleasure pedagogy, there's lovely little video extracts of teachers whilst children are reading for pleasure but the teacher is also engaged in talk about what the children are reading yes and it's a completely equal relationship it's not about a teacher with oh i've got three questions in my head and one of them is an inference and one of them is a retrieval and it's it's actually about you know what you see in the one of the videos I'm thinking of a, a teacher talking with a couple of boys and another boy shouts across the table, Miss, don't say what happens, spoiler alert. <laughs> and there's just that lovely That's sense yes. of we're all in this together yes. and we're all talking about yes. this book. And that's I, I suppose we would want to suggest yes. and hope that more of that 
yeah. happens. Yeah. And we think, do we not, that that would raise standards in reading, yes, Di? I do. I think, you know, this community of readers thing. Yes. I mean, it's quite, it's quite, quite interesting, you know, because I, because I go into Beckett's um, once a week. And um, my husband was horrified when I told him that I just go up to random children and say, <laughs> and, and say, what's in your book bag? <laughs> and, but they're sort of used to me now. They know that this is this strange it's lady. Strange Mrs. Woman. Smith there appears. And, she, and I went up to her, um, I think he was in year four, and um, he might have been year five. And I said, I said oh, hello. Because he was sort of, coming out for, out of the Lottery. classroom yes and I said well, intent. what's in your book bag you know have you got any books in your book bag and he said yes I have and I said oh can I have a look at them and he opened his book bag and he'd got four books Ooh. and uh, one was a Robert Palmer a football one and I've become more familiar with Robert Palmer recently I must admit if you've read one you've read them all you've but <laughs> But I don't mean to be rude because I don't know anything about football. I think you meant to say apparently. Yes, sort of things. <laughs> and two of them were um, World Book Day books, those one pound ones. Oh, and there's right. some really brilliant ones by brilliant authors. And then there was another reading scheme book. And I said, "Where did you get these? Where did you get these books from?" And he said, "Oh, my dad bought them for me." And, and I said, "Did you do you like them?" Yes, I I really like Robert Palmer. And, and this was a sort of boy who was whistling in and out and rushing out to play football. And it's quite, but it's this idea of, you know, talking about reading and just, yes. you know, where do you get your books from? Where do you sort of, yes. and, um, and I think that's an interesting thing that, that with the book club, Yes. What's really interesting is this week I asked them, the, the year three, four, one, I asked them how many of them read with somebody at home, the book club book. Right. And now we're up to seven out of the ten children. Fantastic. And I did that, then I just, wonder, I just wondered, is is this, in a way, um, looking at the issue of where do you get... I would read more if yeah. I had the books to yeah. read. Yeah. And the books are chosen by the child. You know, so... so is that autonomy? So there, there is that, that element. And I think that choice thing is very really important. important. But we've strayed away a bit from the Greenaway Award, haven't we? But... Um, I think it's just sort of, it's this, I, it's, I suppose it's actually thinking about the engagement with reading and the pleasure of books, because Lucy Mangum in, in her bookworm, you know, it's her so joy and pleasure, isn't it? And, exactly. and obviously, we're not going to get everybody like that. No, of course we're no. not. But then we've got to be careful we don't do the opposite. Yeah, and, and it's so, I think all of this is based so much upon your knowledge of books and what good, wonderful texts there are mm. out there. Mm. And are you able to talk with children about mm. 
what they've read mm. or you know, have you even mm. read it yourself because mm. because mm. <laughs> conversation's going to be somewhat limited if yes. you haven't yes and and then that thing as we've talked before about bringing other authors other texts to children for them to choose from yeah um, and that, and you know our let's pause for a little advert for the Derby Teachers Book Club oh. which we are going to run again next year aren't we yes um, definitely we yes. are hoping that people will sign up for um if people need more details and they haven't had an email from you which let's be honest you are like a a rock violent <laughs> well i haven't emails. i haven't sent out the email yet right so it's um, coming it's coming because we've we've devised the the sheet the, the flyer yes the flyer so, um, but I think this is a, a sort of a, a, hopefully it's supportive in this idea about getting to know children's exactly. books because perhaps, well, we hope it's not a mega task. You've got five books that you will get to know yes. over the year. Yes. And, you know, that's a, a reasonable, we, we feel that's a reasonable thing for people to know. Absolutely, and we can we can kind of give ourselves a, l- a little pat on the back because often the books we choose end up on shortlists. Yes, they they do they do. <laughs> but let's be fair, we also use the shortlist oh, the other way around. The other way around, exactly. And um, so, for example, in the UKLA. Yes. Um, shortlist which is out now which is out now and for the three to six we have used we've used just one of them this year haven't we um yes which was the first uh, book we used in the year which is after the fall that's a keep for with the key stage one yes isn't it and look what's at the top caldecott yes caldecott medal so yes yeah, so it's again, it's so it's this. We is it an American book? Yeah, I think it is. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I don't know how you say his name. Santa, Santa, S A N T A T. After all, and we used this book over both key stages, didn't we? I think the Night Rider was the one that we used. The, the Night Gardener. The I mean, night, I always call oh, it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So this was just key stage one. Key stage one. Yes. So the Night Gardener was the one that we used over two stages. Yeah. You're yeah. right. We haven't talked about that one very much. We might no. do that in a, in a little bit. But this is a. What would you say about this book? It's, it's a take on dear old Humpty Dumpty. Yes. Yes. And. Um, yes, I've got it. I've got my copy here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the there's after the fall how Dumpty got back up again. Yeah. And so it's a, a reference to that. And, and the illustrations, as you've been saying, are a whole layer of narrative in this book. Yes. And I think I think when we had this in the book group, again and again, people were noticing things in the illustration, seeing things that they hadn't seen before. Yeah. Going, oh, that that's interesting. How that it was, you know, that connects with yes. what's happening here. Yes. Um, I suppose, in a way, that's one of the things that the the book the book club does. It gives it gives colleagues an opportunity to have some time 
for dialogic reading. Yes. You add uh, with a co- with colleagues so that you're looking. I mean, at the moment, I think we're both looking at the page where he Humpty's fallen off the wall and he's been to the hospital. And um, so clever, he's been fixed. Um, he's got plaster on his face and, and he's been put back to And him. he's been. Fortunately, this is the text, fortunately all the king's men managed to put me back together. So we could talk about, that. that's a reference to the nursery Nursery rhyme, very clearly, and then of course he's walking out of the main entrance of the King's County Hospital. So the king's men... um, Dan Sanat has very cleverly made it coming from the King's County Hospital. Mm. So that illustration actually tells you so much more about the bit of text. We've just got one sentence of text. Yes. And yet we've got all this information about the hospitals and what and how he was fixed. And that connection with <coughs> that connection right. the nursery rhyme. And then the next page, on the next page, the next text just says well most of me Mm. at the top and then at the bottom there were some parts that couldn't be healed with bandages and glue so having a a big discussion about healed yes they wouldn't you know a lot what that that means but then the the pictures the illustrations actually tell you yeah what the illness was um, yes and also what what do we know about, about him yes yeah because even that there's a little um newspaper extract yes. framed on the wall which says yes. famous bird watcher claims top prize and the the picture is of humpty yeah and there are all sorts of um illustrations on the wall of birds and um at the top of his bunk bed but poor old humpty is Camping on his carpet, isn't he? He's on the floor because he's on the floor, and again, all that discussion about why. Yes, exactly. And you—it's no good just reading the text. Yes, you have to actually read the pictures as well. There is so much going on there to actually enter into a dialogue with a child, and and use all that information there. I just think it's a, such a clever book. Yes. In that in that kind of way of using it. And um, and then the next page he uses he uses colour and he uses um, he uses the lines and there's a and he uses the continuing sort of metaphor of the ladder. Yes. There's, there's always a ladder. So the next page shows Humpty in the supermarket. And the text just says, after that day, I became afraid of heights. So that's really, so that's actually, if you've had the talk in the previous page, then you're, you could, when you turn over, you say, oh, what? I was right. I was right. Yes, that prediction. After that day, I became afraid of heights. So I was scared that it kept me from enjoying some of my favourite things. And then you can have a really good discussion about what are his favourite things. 
And Dan Sanat's giving you a clue by making yes. the bottom cereal packets <laughs> on the bottom shelves all grey and boring. <laughs> and the game's like bland. <laughs> yes, grown up food. Cardboard. <laughs> They're the name of the cereals. Yes, twigs and berries. Yes. Whereas at the top shelf, we've got free toy, <laughs> choco duck, yeah. sugar elf. <laughs> there'd, be a, there'd be a really interesting discussion going on about healthy eating, wouldn't there? For yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So it, it's quite interesting that the, you know, where we started from with the Greenaway Award. Yes. That sort of, that gives the, recognises the significance of pictures and illustrations to a, a really quality text absolutely and so we want to encourage people not to just look at how many words are on a page and which words are on a page um, and does it start with an adverb and can we get a conjunction out of it you know that which is is all very valid if the, but don't discard books like this yes Yes. Because they appear to be very simplistic. Yeah. When actually yes. you can have that dialogue. So depth. Yes, absolutely. Do you know that thing about the ladder I have not realised. See, there you go. I know. Oh, no, you're and right. you know, actually that just came into my head at that moment. There because pretty much every time Ponty yes. is thinking about uh, going up, there's usually a ladder. There's, on each there's ladders everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, but I suppose this is the thing, if you want to, if you, you know, if you want to really um, engage and show children the real pleasure and joy of, of books like this, it's got to be a quality one, though. Absolutely. You know, that, that Biff and Chip are there to do another job. Yes. And... But actually, the sort of pleasure in reading and enjoyment. And I would like to suggest the stamina that children get. Yeah. Because, you, well, it's not stamina if it's exciting and you're not having exactly. to slog yes. it, yes. No, this is it. You can build that stamina completely painlessly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I want to turn the page and find out what happens next. Absolutely. And was I right? What happens to Humpty? How does what happens in the end? And if you haven't seen After the Fall, we would really recommend Absolutely. you come. You 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 regret it. Because the ending is just No spoiler alerts. Blissful. It's a blissful ending. Yes. yes. Do we think it might win? Come on, put your mind oh, away. Oh, I it don't know. It is a little bit like it's deciding which you love the best. Yes. From the, yes. the three to six yes. UKLA, I think, I find it incredibly difficult. It's a really rich, really rich this year, it isn't is. it? We've got Morag Hood in it again, who won last year with Colin and Lee. Oh, yes, of course, and the Pete, yes. Yes, yes. Colony, fantastic yes. book, but here she is again with yes. I am Bat. We've got um, we've got Stardust oh, by Jean Willis. Jeannie, sorry. Jeannie, yes, of course, Jeannie Willis, who is of course going to be in Derby on yes. June the sixth, and um, and sh- and sharing her 
wackiness yes. with children from across the city, which I can't wait to uh, see that. We've got Mini Grey. We love a bit of Mini Grey. Oh, and this definitely. Is, I really like this one. I suppose the only... Uh, it's not a criticism, but it's Little Red Riding Hood again. Oh. There are an awful lot of authors go yes. for Little Red Riding Hood. Yes, but it definitely. is a different yes. take. And uh, it's a kind of conservation take yes. on it, isn't it? Yes. About uh, where have all the wolves gone? Yeah. Language is absolutely superb, um, along with typical humorous detailed and there's so much mini grey in that illustration for, for discussion absolutely yes. Yes. Um, so that one is I, I would say that's an essential really yeah. <laughs> yeah. stage one yeah um, and then a non-fiction yeah which is so beautiful the big book of the blue Yuval Zommer who's done a few like yes this. There's, yes, as we've discussed this before, that there's publishers who are really producing these extraordinary um, books. And non-fiction, non-fiction, it's really interesting that, um, I must admit, when I was in the classroom, I did read aloud, you know, every day we'd have it, because I still think it's the most important thing. And I didn't read non-fiction very much and then I found this book about the first landing on the moon Mm. and I thought well have a go at reading this aloud and my class of year four were utterly captivated so I really and it was a big shock to me that non-fiction read aloud was had the same impact as a really good story That's so point. i i thought that was a lesson i learned and helpful for this you know the time issues that teachers have yes oh there's no time yes. there's no time yeah. well maybe if you find a really quality non-fiction text that links yes with your yes. Uh, topic yes. curriculum themes yes. yeah then you know you can yes. two birds with one stone but it's got to be a good one and last but not least do you want to talk yes. about bob's blue period well i because you i it's an I, interesting I, I, one. I think it's so interesting um i haven't looked at it in a lot of detail but and it's interesting the, the this idea of blue periods um didn't picasso have a blue period yes. i i so vaguely remember but bob is a bird and um, he and the, the the and Bob is an artist, a, a bird who's an artist, and um, he he's he has a best friend who's a bat, and her use of color is very interesting um, because it's the the Bob is black and so is the bat quite sort of and it looks like watercolour yes it's a watercolour style this is it and presentation and so it's very child orientated fingerprints fingerprints yes and um and it's about friendship isn't it it is and he does everything together they they play computer games they play cricket um and they love painting um but then Bat has to go away. And he tells Bob by letter 
Uh, I'm so sorry, Miss, but I must go away for a while. Your best friend, Bat. And there's a that letter has a background of sort of light blue. Yeah, so blue is coming to, to come in. Yes. And uh, and then and then I don't feel like I'm doing justice to it. And but he felt lost without his friend. And so you can and the way Bob, Bob is illustrated lounging on a chair and the way he's looking down and his head is down and his eyes are down. And um and but then he starts painting and he paints everything everything blue which would but be it's in blue interesting what children's reactions to that would be some, yes some I would imagine would find that really funny yes and uh, associating colours with feelings yes. might not be something they thought absolutely. about before absolutely absolutely um, and I think can I just I just whisk in this idea about colours and things. I've come across a really interesting non-fiction book, which... Oh, yes, you've mentioned this before. Um, the Colours of History, How Colours Shape the World, and it's by Clive Gifford. Right, yes. So each section... And so there's a section on blue. Oh, wonderful. So when you look at that, um, there are different elements of blues, different types of blues, yeah. and mm. how they've worked. And each page is a Isn't absolutely incredible thing. I think this would be such a good book to have... Well, I, I think even year twos could could yes, get things I think from the, it. There's not too much text right is there? through, Little right through that you could have it all the way through. Wouldn't that be? You can imagine a whole school approach to colour. Oh yes, each year group could take yes. colour. Yes, some text to link with it. Yes, brilliant. So there's different shades of blue and a, and a sort of full spread, full spread spread sheet spread on blue and different kinds of blue and their point in history and it's just such what an imaginative book but linking the two together, the two together I think you could almost do that anywhere through the key stages fantastic well we right, shall yes. wrap up for this time we're not sure what we're going to talk about next time nope, but no. we'll, we'll talk about something to do with books <laughs> hopefully people will find yes. interesting yeah and uh keep on reading those lovely quality texts to your children